Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Trade Show University. And this is going to be a fun time today. I and, anyone knows this person she's a second time guest here on campus at the at the university and she is no stranger to campuses no stranger to universities herself and really really pleased to have on Kristen Malik who has a, a doctorate in event design and she is an expert in designing experiences that change behavior and change mindset she's been in higher education for over a decade and she is making some real changes to the whole university uh, landscape. She is a double-digit international, regional, and state award winner, including International Educator of the Year and winning awards in excellence in training and teaching. Kristen, so, so grateful to have you back here on campus at the university. Oh, it's so great to be back. This is, but I've been on a lot of podcasts and your podcast is, you have such an amazing energy. It's so great to be back. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. Makes me feel awesome. <laughs> Makes me feel awesome. So this has been far too long before we've had you back on. I had so many great comments and feedback from the first time you were on and you were talked all about different uh, career paths in the events industry and all sorts of different certifications and, and higher education courses and degrees that were available. So if anyone's interested in getting into the events industry or, or, or up-leveling their game, I'll put a link to our, our prior chat and so that you can really get a good feel of what is it like and what is available out there. But, but we're talking talking something completely different today. We're talking about the behavior change design and and some things that you've seen in in your career and in the industry that you're in. And let's talk about I know you you've done a TED Talk. So so give people a little understanding of the TED Talk and maybe what led up to it. What's 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 been happening with you? Absolutely. That's thank you so much for that. <laughs> For that gracious introduction. I am frequently asked to speak a lot about education because I have developed this brand as, as an excellent educator, but my niche area in events is equally, if not more so fascinating to me. So I'm so glad to be able to share that today. My particular area of event design is actually in behavior change. So I'm a behavior change designer. And um, that means I just design events and experiences that change mindset and behavior. And my TED Talk that uh, went live earlier this year in 2023 was all about behavior change design. What is behavior change design? How do you do it? I applied it into the context of higher education for this particular TED Talk because the theme was specific to higher education, but it is all behavior change design. 
if anybody wants to look that up, it's called how to take higher education from surviving to thriving. And it's again, the case studies are in higher ed, but it's all behavior change design. What, what else do you want me to talk about? I could literally <laughs> talk for like hours and hours. I just absolutely love this topic. <laughs> so so, so let, let's talk about events. Let's talk about events and behavior change design. So explain for for someone, maybe maybe we have, I know we've got some, some event planners and some associations and event houses that run events of all sizes. What is it that makes this important, an important topic? What should they be thinking about their own, their own events that they should be thinking about a different, designing it in a different way for behavior change? Absolutely. That's such a great question. I actually get contracted a lot from different organizations and companies who maybe went the change management route and didn't necessarily realize even McKinsey and company has come out with statistics that said 70% of change management projects just don't stick. They don't work. There in change management, you're at the organizational or process level change. You're really looking at broad organization and systemic changes. Your goal is, is smooth transition that's planned and managed. And so change management tends to just be that. It's management. It, it could be micromanagement. It could be broad management. But when you think about change management, the focus is really managing resistance and focusing on communication and changing training. Behavior change design is a totally different approach. And because of that, whereas change management fails about 70% or more of the time, behavior change design has a stick rate of 80 to 95%. Wow. So completely on the opposite side. And this is because we're working with specific behaviors or habits within, within your population. It, it tends to, to be brought down into uh, smaller kind of user personas uh, or groups or avatars. Uh, every organization calls it a different name. Yeah. And then what we're doing is we're working at that, that group level, and then we're scaffolding that behavior change. So the goal is really effective and sustained behavior change, and it's very human-centered. It's very iterative. You get a lot of behavioral insights. It could be short-term or long-term or ongoing and so what we really do is we design interventions, experiences, and communication that really inspire that behavior change. And why I think I was asked to do the TED Talk is because I have found a unique way to design change for people that don't want to change. <laughs> so <laughs> I've kind of kind of developed a, a specialty area in that that's uh, that that I keep a very effective schedule. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. So, so good. So when you, when you were talking about a change for our events and we're, it is, it's those people that we're serving. Is that correct? The people that are actually attending our events, that is, that is where, where we want to make the changes for them. And, and so what is the first step is, is, is how do we do the research to find out what exactly behavior do we need to change? Where's yeah, the, where, where do we start? That's such a great question. And I'm so, and that just shows your intelligence here because not everybody <laughs> asks that question, which is so great. You know, the great thing about behavior change design is it works in events, one-time events. It works in multi-events if it's part of a series. It also works within an organization as well. So it, it really applies to all the different areas. And specific to events, first we have to figure out like who right now is, is who are we attracting? 
And then do they need to be sub subset into smaller avatars or user groups? So we're actually seeing this globally right now is organizations that are saying, do we just want one big annual event that has four or five, 6,000 people? Or do we want to split that into four types of regional events or, or specific subject events? And then, or do they keep like their one big, you know, event, and then they add all these additional events. And that's where the real power of this comes in. Because when you start subsecting into events, instead of doing it geographically, like a region, if you split an event into a specific user persona group, then you can really enact a ton of behavior change. So if you say, okay, over here, we're just doing executives that are, you know, at this dollar level above, or over here, we're just doing beginning planners, or over here, we're doing, you know, this specific subsect, then you can figure out who they are from a human-centered design approach. So instead of just saying what's your job, saying what's your what's your lifestyle, what's your whole 360 degree, and seeing, you know, where they're at. And then where you specifically, what your goals and objectives are and where you want them to be. And then I design that process to get them from where they're at to where they want to be. And that's where the real, the real power in this has come in, specifically when you're, when you're in those smaller groups. So for one example, there's an event that I do in Europe every year. And they, they used to have like 2,500 people and now they've actually capped it to a hundred people oh. for this, for this one particular subsect event, it's capped at a hundred people. It's an application process or invite only the registration fees went like four times what they were. So I think it used to be $750 and now I think it's like $5,000 and there's a wait list to get into this event because they have, it's been shown to change your life. Like it's all the behavior change and changing your life and the alumni group and fostering that it's just become, just become such a powerhouse of an event. And, and that's all through behavior change, which is awesome. Wow. Wow. That, those are staggering numbers there that the, the thing that really is, is hitting me right now is you have to know your audience. You have to really know you've, you've got to dig down. You can't make guesses as to what they want or what they need. You really got to do a lot of research ahead of time. You got to do a lot of talking and, and surveying and, and, and really understanding what their thoughts are, where their needs are. Because like you said, the needs of an executive group is going to be way different than those planners that are maybe have that tra that career trajectory. Maybe that's part of it is, is understanding. Maybe they don't f feel like they're being served at these large conferences because all of the, all of the uh, uh, workshops and seminars are really more general because they're trying to hit the, the biggest audience versus something that's super focused. Like you said, a hundred people or, you know, just a really, really small group. And now you can be hyper-focused. And not only that, you could serve better. You could serve those people better, more, more one-on-one, -on -one, more hand-holding, more uh, custom instead of being part of a big group and hoping you got the most out of it. And oh, maybe I can ask one question during the Q&A. You have that opportunity for, for a lot more interaction. And I'm, I'm assuming by the, uh, by the head nods coming from you that I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of of getting the getting some of this well yes. that's just well, that's just if, powerful if you actually think about it and i know we're in a podcast so i try yeah. to be very <laughs> cognizant to not talk over people if you think if you yeah. think about our entire world is is focused on sales funnels right now right click funnel sales funnels this whole concept mm -hmm. of a funnel well, why wouldn't you treat your annual event that way, right? So if you're running a huge trade show or a huge convention, 
you know, that's really the beginning of your funnel. And then you get them addicted to your brand and to your vibe and your energy and all the different things. And then you keep upselling them into smaller, more prestigious events or invite only events. And you keep funneling them in into, into things that will change their lives, bring in more revenue, take less resources, the smaller your event, you don't have to be in a tier one city, you could be in a two, three, or like even a remote destination. And that really has a lot of opportunity there for the organization, but even more so for the end user, for our customer, for our attendee, because you're changing lives while also diversifying your income streams. And post-COVID, we all know how important that is. So true. So true. I love thinking about that, like, like a funnel, taking them down the sales funnel from step to step to step. And some people are ready to go to that next step. Some people need to go back a step, but it's, it's moving them forward toward the goal and giving them those experiences, like you said, that are going to be more powerful and really change behavior. And if I think about it, if, if this is done appropriately and done well, that could make that big annual event that much more powerful because now not only are you interacting with them once a year at this big event, but now at multiple times per year, different methods, and then you're building more effectively building a community that that a lot then when they come back together, it's just it's just sheer power and magic and and so much yes. more can happen. <laughs> yes. And that community becomes so critical. I mean, I think the events and organizations that are focused on building strong alumni groups or communities and and beyond just having a website or a portal that's community, but really fostering that community intentionally, they're definitely thriving. I mean, I'm part of one event right now. I bought it into this, this event. It was like a free online course for $17. And then you upsell into like the, the first like live event, which was like six or $7,000. And then because the community, you fall in love with the community, you want to keep moving on with the community. So then the second event, you know, raise their prices to $10,000. And then the third event raises their prices to $12,000. And I think I'm like probably in total in like $40,000 in this series of events. But the community is what's really, I mean, obviously the content has to be there. Obviously it has to be, you know, grade A quality education and things that do change lives. But really I could have sat there and said, oh, well, I could do that next year or I could do that the following year. But what inspires you to take instant action, that an urgent inspired action is really the community because you want to stay with them. So event organizers, planners, designers that aren't thinking about that are really missing an opportunity. Wow. And I think by some of those dollar amounts that you dropped, hopefully you got some ears <laughs> perking up saying, wow, wait, wait, we're missing the boat. We are yes. missing the boat. And Absolutely. if you think, uh, so I guess if I could boil that down, if you, if you, as an, if you're putting on an annual event and you are thinking that this is how we serve and we are serving so well because we have a great keynote speaker and we have all sorts of breakout sessions and we have after hours things, and we have all these great things that we are so we are serving our audience so well. How much better can you be serving them if you have some of these smaller events and really niche down and really get to know your audience a little bit better and serve them in new ways that are that you could never do on a large scale? I love this. This is just <laughs> outstanding. Well, and wow. it's so interesting because, you know, one of the things I think that makes me kind of an expert in behavior change design is my varied background. Like I do have 
my, my event background, all of my event logistics and, and planning experience, but then getting a PhD, which we all know is not necessary for events, but that gave me such a strong survey background and how to do research and effective research, which really helps with where people are. And of course I have, you know, the CMP, the meeting professional, the certified event designer, digital event specialist, those things we talked about in that first podcast, but I'm also trained in a lot of other really interesting areas like organizational behavior management. I'm a life coach. I'm a purpose coach. I've got <laughs> neuro-linguistic programming. I'm Lego serious play certified. I've got all of this like anthropology and psychology and all of these different things that really feed into it. I, I, I think I'm a little bit of a polymath, so I'm skilled in a <laughs> A lot of a lot of different areas but when we're talking about behavior change and mindset change for all these different areas everyone needs something different so you have to be able to approach it from different aspects and it i i love it i mean i'm biased clearly it's my area but i i think it's really important and it is the way that we're going in the future so Wow. Wow. I, my mind is blown. <laughs> all that, all that you've done, all you've accomplished, all, all that knowledge, but harnessing it all and pulling it together and saying, wow, behavior change is really something that is going to move the needle and can for just about every organization out there. If they really step back and go, you know, initial thought might be, oh, that's not for us, but it really is because you're dealing with people and people. Yes. And, and now more than ever, there's been a seismic shift in how people, uh, their mindsets and how they think differently about things. I mean, who, who would have thought just a couple of <laughs> years ago that uh, most people would be thinking, I want to work from home. You know, most people yeah. didn't even, it wasn't even anywhere near top of mind, but now it is. And it's become a reality thanks to technology and thanks to uh, a shift in mindset of, of upper management of companies saying, wow, we're getting a lot done, even though the people are not here in the office and there's some that need to be in the office. And so obviously there's a, there's a, a huge spectrum there, but uh, just so, so great. I, I would love, I, I, I've heard a little glimpse of something you've put together or putting together called Experience University. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. You know, one of the advantages of working in higher ed is that as we all may think, you know, maybe it's an antiquated system or the systems or the structure are broken or it's not providing value. I've heard everything all over the spectrum. But as a behavior change designer that started working in higher ed, it, it's actually given me a great opportunity to work with those those tenured professors and the in those other areas that they don't have to change. So how do you inspire change? And it's really helped me sharpen my skills as a behavior change designer. But one thing that I've really recognized in higher ed, there's a lot of students that have lost trust in higher ed. There's a lot of families, the general population, they're all over the map. And, and higher ed has, it varies a lot. Just having a degree doesn't mean that you're good. It doesn't mean that you know what you're doing. Some programs are stronger than other programs. And so it's difficult for the general public to understand if just because you have a degree, what does that mean? The statistics are astounding. If you get a degree and then you don't end up in that, in that area at all, you might end up with a great job, but you might not be in that area. And so what I really found is I found that one thing that we're lacking is just teaching people to be the, the self-awareness and how to be self-aware. 
the there was a vice president of Google who who wrote an article who said, you know, the one measure of success over her 10 years of being at the company, it didn't matter your training, your background, if you had a degree or didn't have a degree or anything, it was your level of self-awareness. So she started asking that question, like, well, you know, on a scale of one to 10 or whatever, how self-aware are you? And revisiting that, you know, like a year later, she found that 90% of people were not actually self-aware. They thought they were self-aware, but they're not self-aware. And then you have all those other people who know they're not self-aware. So I really became passionate about teaching people, professionals, students all over the spectrum, one, how to dig into that brain, which helps with my neuroscience and neurolinguistic programming background, how to dig into that brain, your 5% conscious mind, your 95% unconscious mind, how to remove that critical wedge, and then actually helping you find your purpose. So whether that's from a human design perspective or from the life coach or the purpose coach perspective, like what is your actual purpose? Because then you're going to find more fulfillment and satisfaction in your job. And so I've decided to take all of this experience design, behavior change design, event design, education, and develop kind of a a choose your own education type model. If you want certificates or certifications, or if you want degrees, or if you just want like that Coursera experience to be able to log on and watch some videos. So I have all of that, which is incredible, but I also start with the self-awareness and the purpose. And and those have actually been such a huge driver that that uh, I've actually separated those out. So you can still do those two things if you're like, oh, I'm going through my midlife crisis or I'm thinking about switching careers. Like you can still do those two parts that that aren't specifically tied to events, um, but then also having that event part. So it's experienceuniversity.org. I have a ton of stuff on there and that's where you can find me. There's some free videos and some former webinars and, and everything. So I hope your people will go on there and, and check it out because it's really a great resource. Outstanding. I'm excited to dive in there and see what this is all about. Wow. And and what you're saying about the self-awareness is just so true. And I think I think more people, even if they're not self-aware, they want to be more self-aware. I think yeah. more than ever, we have our, our priorities have shifted. We realize, wow, being with other people is important. And and where I'm going in my career, am I, you know, I'm not truly happy. And should I, should I continue on in this career that I've been in for 20 years? Like you said, that midlife crisis, it's real, you know, and, and should, <laughs> should I continue on here for the next 10, 15, 20 years, however long, or should I do something that really fuels my passion and makes me feel more alive and makes me feel like I'm contributing more and making a difference and all that good stuff. So that's that's awesome that that is the starting point of everything at Experience University. So <laughs> I'm, excited, I'm excited. We'll definitely drop the link into the show notes. So make sure you check that out. As we wrap up our conversation here, it always goes so fast. <laughs> what are what are the top one or two things you want people to really take away from, from our discussion? Absolutely. I think... You know, the one thing that I'm, I always find that I'm educating on, you know, as an industry, but then outside of our industry is there's so many different types of events. Like if you want to be an event coordinator that just does logistics, like that is totally fine. And that's totally a viable career path. Then there's, you know, the event designers that, that design the experience. There's the event strategists that look at, you know, the organization, the strategy and where it all fills in. There's also behavior change design. There's also mindset change. There's so many different avenues that I don't think people think of. 
they they tend to always go to like event planner or event manager or director of events. And so I do think that we have a really hard time selling ourselves as a, as an industry, but also as a professional, I'm in a lot of event professional groups. And I feel like that's, that's always kind of a struggle of how to sell yourself to the C-suite or how to get that raise or how to show what you're worth. And if I had anything to say about that specifically, I'd be like, we have to change our terminology. Like we're not an event planner. Some people could be coordinators and do logistics, but as everybody knows, especially during COVID and post-COVID, we're a lot more than just logistics. We, we have to be if we're going to thrive as a as a successful professional. And so my number one rule for everybody is just get curious, get curious about yourself, get curious about what you do, get curious about how you think, get curious about our industry, get curious about the world around you. I mean, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be like an astrological person, like, you know, midlife crisis is explained by the nodes and human design. It's just (laughs) like really fascinating. Everything's interrelated and we just have to get curious and look for it. Oh, I love that. Being curious is is one of the top top things that people can do. One of the top great personality trait to be curious. And it's something you can add to your personality trait <laughs> at any time. Just start getting curious. Think about what is it that I'd like to do? What do I want to learn more about? And the best part is, is that we all have instant access to so much information. So you could do that research. It's not going to take you years to figure this out. But you can get in there and and maybe reach out to somebody who can help you gu- help guide you along the right path. Especially if you're in the events industry, I think we're listening to somebody today who might be able to, <laughs> to help guide guide you down that path. Kristen, thank you so much. This has been eye opening and mind blowing and just just awesome. And I love to hear the the path that you're going. So if people want to learn more about uh, Experience University, learn more about you, and maybe connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you could do everything just by going to experienceuniversity.org. My information's on there, my LinkedIn, my contact information. You can also see like the offerings and the testimonials and all of those things on there as well. But I would love to connect. You can you can go there and link to my LinkedIn and connect with me there. I would, uh, yeah, I'd love to stay in touch. I know after your last podcast aired, a bunch of people reached out, which was really cool. So I'm always happy to reach out and always a pleasure to talk to you Jim, <laughs> any day. Our energy is just so great. That's why uh, I particularly love being on your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It means a lot. And and I agree a thousand percent. I've been, I was looking forward to this all week because I knew this was just going to be an amazing conversation. So thank you again for, for all that you do for the industry. Thank you for, for making this shift. And, and this self-awareness piece is just amazing. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for joining me instead of spending the time here. Everybody, reach out, get to know Kristen better and see what she's doing at Experience University and from one university to another, I am just just tickled to to dive in and see what's going on. So thank you again for all you do. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Everyone continue to come back. Keep learning, keep growing. We'll see you next time here on campus at Trade Show U. Hey, Trade Show U family, are you looking for ways to add greater value to your exhibitors and sponsors? Eva Event Tech Hub has what you need. Eva makes it easy to add enhanced engagement tools where exhibitors and attendees can make meaningful connections. Whether it's matchmaking, appointment setting, or targeted digital ads, your exhibitors will love that you're thinking about what's important to them. 
Now call the team over at Eva. Their team of meeting planners and developers make your events sparkle. Check out their website over at evareg.com slash TSU. That's E-V-A-R-E-G dot com slash TSU.